Welcome to the Events Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Taylor, and each week I talk with event professionals and entrepreneurs about how they plan, promote, and run their events. We help you build your events empire by growing your business using live events. Whether you're running community meetups or conferences, trade shows, and other events, we focus on finding actionable tips that you can use straight away. We want you to get more attendees, produce epic events, make more money, and most importantly, to do it all with no stress. This podcast is sponsored by EventsFrame. Check it out over at eventsframe.com. Make the switch from Eventbrite today to our amazing ticketing and registration system with no ticket fees. Most ticketing systems charge you a minimum of 3% of the ticket price, but we just have a flat, low fee with no ticket fees and no restrictions. There's literally no system out there that is cheaper than EventsFrame. It's also super easy to use and you can embed your tickets in your website or you can use our own website builder, which is really simple. We have amazing options to apply all kinds of discounts on all the features you'd expect from a much more expensive system like QR code check-in. Go to eventsframe.com, that's E-V-E-N-T-S-F-R-A-M-E.com for a free, no-risk, one-month trial. Hi, this is Dan, just jumping in for a quick update. It's currently Friday the 6th of September. I'm back in Prague. I think I mentioned on the previous podcast, I was in America for two weeks, which was a really amazing experience. Uh, I was on the West Coast in Washington State, uh, Seattle area, and also went down to Portland in uh, Oregon. And the main reason for the trip was an event we were running there. It was the Google for Education Seattle Summit. We've been running it for four years. And it used to be in a place called White River School District in Buckley, which is just south of Seattle. But we moved it this year to an amazing school, Monroe High School, just north of Seattle. So it was cool. Um, I got in like two days earlier. I had my family in tow, my wife and, and young son. So um, obviously that brings a whole new set of, of business travel challenges when, when you've got your family along. But it was going to be a long trip, so better to take them. And we got in a couple of days early because we had a Google event uh, scheduled for the Tuesday, but it was cancelled in the end. So we had, we had a day to do some sightseeing in Seattle. We went to Pike Place Market, which is where the original Starbucks is. There's a great uh, seafood restaurant there. Had a walk around uh, Seattle downtown, which is cool. Um, then the event. Um, it was interesting, you know, get to talking events. There was, you know, we had a few things went wrong and a few really went right. So I've, we've got a bunch of bags at Apps Events, which have, you know, standing signs. We have a photo booth where people can take their picture in front, you know, wear kind of different costumes and stuff. So we brought the bag out. Now, I flew out on Monday. The summit didn't start until Thursday. So I think plenty of time. Uh, Delta Airlines lost a bag like like they seem to do every time I fly to the US and it was a bit stressful honestly because it really didn't arrive until the morning of the event which is crazy it took four days to get there I kept getting different calls the bag remained in Prague for a couple of days didn't even get out of Prague for some unknown reason uh, even though it had a big priority tag on which obviously doesn't mean anything then it ended up in Amsterdam for a while and eventually Seattle and got couriered so this was it and I was deciding do we get extra signs made but in the end, it was a good, a good sort of example of how to hustle to solve. We had a few speakers coming. I knew a few of the speakers had some signs. The school itself had some signs. We brought some in. And in the end, we had a bunch of extra quite cool, you know, banners and signs and things. And, and, and you know, I made a decision in the end that I was going to get some, some made locally. But I made a decision that it would still be a great event even without the full set. But, but it, anyway, it arrived in the end. And this is all, you know, I think generally speaking, when you're sending things to an event... I would personally recommend to courier things in advance rather than traveling with them. 
airlines have a pretty bad record of losing bags. And if you want to be sure things are there, I would always recommend rather than traveling with it, because as soon as you check in a bag, you've got no guarantee it's going to arrive. And if it gets lost, it's probably going to be two days in my experience. It could even be three. So I recommend always carry. And this was an example of, of not following my own advice, but, but it worked out in the end. So, so that was, I guess, what went wrong. What went right was um, it was a really, really good event, first of all. And two facts, I think. First of all, we, we've got a really good process. And we've got a USA director, Alison Mollica. Uh, she runs, you know, uh, all the apps events, uh, USA events. And she has really good systems, you know. I was running the event, but I was kind of running her system. So she has a website set up, which has links to the everything. Like, really, she breaks it down. This is the opening session. You do this, this, this. You thank these people. This is the closing session. You run this game. You give these giveaways. Day two, you know, this is how you introduce the keynote. And, and I think this is, there's a really great book called Work the System. Uh, highly recommend it. Uh, the guy's a bit strange, but but his his core message is really good, and it's all about he's really into creating what he calls SOPs, which are standard operating procedures. So you create an SOP for every single process in your business, and we try to do that at Apps Events. We create a process for everything, and then you know running the event, somebody could step in. Maybe they've never run an event before, but they could still step in and run it because they're just going to follow the process. And that's what I did. Uh, thanks thanks to our USA uh, director. And the second reason it went really well was we had a really good partner. We, we partner with the school. So when we run an event, you know, we don't run it ourselves. We partner with a host school. And I guess many of you who run events of different kinds will have a partner. And, and that's really key. You know, if you've got an event where you've got a partner, you've got to really divide and conquer. You've got to break down. We're going to do this and you're going to do that. And the, and the school really went above and beyond even what we expected them to do. So everything was great. They organized, you know, the catering was organized, the school uh, audiovisual, you know, the screens and the audio was organized. The, the classrooms were, were great. They had a bunch of student helpers. They had a bunch of staff helpers. Um, everything was done. So I think really, you know, if you're going to have partners, uh, you really make sure you, you know, give each other specific responsibilities. And also, you've got to prepare well. You know, when we run an event, we normally plan it at least six months out. And the way we do it is every month at a minimum, sometimes even more, but every month we, we have a, a meeting with all the core team on the events. So we, we review everything. Uh, we check we're on, on target for the promotion, which is number one in the, in the early days. Um, Number two, the, the speakers and the schedules, because that's the core, that's your product, is, is the session, so making sure they're good. And thirdly, logistics, you know, the, the catering, the school, making sure you've got a networking party venue. That was another thing. We went, went to a local Italian restaurant for networking party. It was great. I can't stress this enough, but I think everyone running any kind of event should, should do a networking. And if you can afford it, always buy drinks. Like we always, you know, we put a budget of you know, up to $500. You know, it depends how many people come. We had about 40 people came, which you, you never get everyone coming, unless it's a, a, a situation where everyone's traveling. This event, most people were local. They had to drive home. But we had about 30 or 40 out-of-towners. They came, had an amazing time. I mean, I think they had a better time than everyone because they came to, to the networking event. So that was the summit. So basically, the summit finished up about lunchtime on the Friday. My family turned up. We, 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 I'm pretty quick at doing a teardown. When we finish an event now, I can have everything bagged up, ready to go in, in 30 minutes from the close of, of the final session. So we jumped in the car, and we drove to Portland, which Google Maps 
earlier on Friday was showing about a two and a half hour drive from Seattle to Portland. What I didn't realize though, is that from lunchtime onwards, that highway just gets completely chock-a-block. Took about five and a half hours to get down. Um, so if, just an unlikely event, anyone listening to this is driving from Seattle to Portland. Uh, you probably already know it, it just gets crazy. So we got into Portland just in time for dinner. We, you know, we got, onto, got onto the Uber Eats app and ordered some sushi to be li- delivered, put the baby to bed. We got an Airbnb. I, I mean, I, I really s- stress this a lot, but I'm traveling much more in Airbnbs, you know. I was always a hotel guy. I kind of got sick of them. And, and I still believe, you know, for business travel, uh, if you're doing a one or two day trip, I think it's great to stay in a hotel. It's just simple. You're in, out, bang. But if you're anywhere for me, if I'm looking at staying three or more nights, my default is always Airbnb. I love having the extra space. I love, you know, often getting to meet people. You know, if I travel by myself, uh, I often just share a house with, with, with someone. My wife's, she's vetoed that for the family trips. But when I go by myself, I often stay with people. But, but now with the family, we always get a full, a full place. So it was a really, really great place. Alberta Arts District, I highly recommend it. It's kind of the northeast part of Portland. Um, very kind of trendy, hippie kind of place, but it's nice. It's kind of, um, you know, small, detached houses. But there's one street there called Alberta, which has loads of great restaurants, bars, things like that. And we were walking around with a baby every day. We found a cool breakfast place. We went every day. It was just so good. We just kept going back. I love the American breakfast style with the, the bottomless coffee and, you know, you get the, the grits and all the other kind of American stuff. So it was great. We, we had a great time. We had a great bit of sightseeing around Portland. And then we went back to Seattle. Um, I had another, another goal from this trip as well as running the event. It was climbing Mount Rainier. So a good friend of mine, Piers, who works for Amazon, uh, I've stayed with him many times. He lives in, the, in Queen Anne, which is a really nice district of Seattle, actually walking distance from downtown, but kind of up the hill, quite close to the Space Needle. So I met up with Piers and we had to go and check in. Now, Mount Rainier is the highest mountain in Washington state. And it's a three-day climb. We used a company called Alpine Ascents that I highly recommend. Uh, and so my wife uh, and, and son stayed with Anne Piers' wife in Seattle for a few days, and we went off to climb the mountain. And it was a really, it was, it was an adventure, I would describe it, really amazing. I mean, you know, best of times, worst of times case. It was, it was hard, much harder than I expected. Piers and me had trained over six months, and I think our training was right on the money because, you know, we both summited, like out of eight people, six, six made it. And, but by the time we got down, we were dead, you know, I mean, everyone was ahead of us on the walk down, you know, we, we didn't have much left in the tank. So we timed it well. It was, it was, it was interesting. You know, we stayed in tents on the mountain. The first night was in kind of a, a wooden hut. Uh, and then the second night was a high camp. Uh, and, and it was great. It was real mountaineering. You know, we, we had a day practicing, walking with crampons, doing rope work. We had guides, obviously one guide for every two people. So we stayed in this high camp on the second night, uh, and then we, we left about midnight, so we didn't get, well, actually, we got woken up at midnight. We left about 2 a.m. We didn't get any sleep at all. You know, we were all kind of nervous. Um, there was a lot of rain and stuff. So we, so we, so we woke up uh, 2 in the morning. We had to get everything on. We made some quick oatmeal. Um, you know, very military kind of, military-like, you know, organization, getting everyone out the door quickly. It was obviously dark. Kind of sketchy because we had headlamps. The headlamps kept going out. We couldn't see all the crevasses, but you know the guides were telling us what to do. Um, and we went up, and and there's a big a big rockfall, a big rockfall there, which you got to be very careful. And then you get up over onto the snow again. And we got about 30 minutes from the summit, and a huge rainstorm came. It's quite unusual. Normally you get snow at the higher altitudes, not rain, but this rainstorm came from nowhere. So the guys were shouting, "Get your Gore-Tex on!" We had to put our Gore-Tex on, and we were soaked. I mean, even with Gore-Tex, we were, we were getting wet. 
Um, and it didn't stop there. Then, then no, the kind of rain died off, but the wind came up, so it got super cold. You know, we were really, the guides had a discussion, are we going to keep going? And in the end, they decided to keep going. Uh, and we made it, you know, only just. We got to the summit, and my fingers were numb, toes were numb. Um, and we, we had like three or four minutes and turned around and went down. So it, great to summit. Uh, got much easier, though. The sun came out on the way down. It was actually quite pleasant. Uh, you know, spent most of the day getting down. But a but really great experience. Uh, then back to Seattle to see the family again, which was amazing. We, um, we actually went out for drinks. Uh, we, had, we had a babysitter on the Saturday night before we left. We went out to a place called the Mountaineers Club in, in the Graduate Hotel, which is a great hotel in uh, the University District, I believe it's called, where University of Washington is. So hung out, hung out with the family for a couple of days and then flew back to Prague. Um, obviously flying with a baby, people know what that's like, but uh, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a great flight. We had an overnight flight. Uh, and the baby behaved, so we got a little bit, a little bit of sleep. So now I'm back in Prague, really recording this podcast. Um, kind of crazy to say we've got two weeks here, then we're off to Asia for seven weeks. So we're going to have hopefully a, a great adventure in Asia. I'll be talking about it on the podcast. Uh, but that's it for now. And I want to jump onto the interview. This is something I recorded a couple of weeks ago with Gail Crow. She runs an events agency in the UK, and we talk about it. You know, we have a quick chat about what it's like to run. An events agency should be interesting for a few people. So all the best, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Hello, and welcome to the events podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to Gail Crow. And Gail runs uh, an events agency in the UK. It's together with her sister called Magnificence, and she runs a lot of uh, corporate events, amongst other things, which is what we're going to talk about today. So, Gail, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. What's, can we get a bit into your background? Like, what did you like? What did you? How did you get started running events and things? What What was the beginning? Well, I went. I've gone full circle. Actually, um, I started off doing a, a travel and tourism degree, and with that, with regards to conferencing and events, was also involved. Um, and then I went off to a different career path um, and had family. And then I actually got back into the event industry with another company that my sister was actually working at. And then they downsized. So that was about three years ago. So Lisa and I um, decided to take the bold step of actually setting up our own event company. Now what, what, let's, let's talk about the job you had. Like what kind of events were they running? And Because uh, I'm, I'm always interested in, in how people run their events. Were they running their own events or were they were an events agency? They were running, well, they were an event company sort of going um, where people would contact, corporate clients would obviously contact us looking for us to put the whole package together. Yep. So, yes, so they would obviously um, work with regards to other suppliers and they would actually put the whole package together. Right. What were we doing? What type of events were we doing and, and how, how did it go there? Oh, it was various things from murder mystery events to um, red rides along the uh, Thames um, and then uh, sort of having a meal afterwards there was the land sea air treasure hunts um, that was more sort of probably <laughs> in the days where there was a little bit more money there and um, companies could be seen to be having fun but now um, it has to have an educational element behind it. Are you seeing so are you seeing less events and interesting I haven't heard that people say that so you see you think there's less kind of corporate events that don't have like more of a team building aspect or something similar going on nowadays? Yeah, well, I think it's perhaps not on such of a larger scale. It might be that it's more sort of um, internal with regards to um, small team members coming together as opposed to sort of the large company as a whole. Yeah. Um, so it would be small, small, smaller teams that were being used that would come forward. But also I, I think, you know, the older 
B word with regards to Brexit, I think is certainly having an effect as well in companies wanting to hold on to that some of their money. Not too sure. Is that, that's interesting. I haven't heard anyone say that. Whereabouts are you based in the UK? Uh, we're actually based in Bedfordshire. Right. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, you know, what I think is a lot of, I think there's actually kind of, actually already, I think Britain and a lot of European countries, I think we're actually already in a recession, but nobody wants to say it, you know. Like, if no. you look at, I mean, I've seen so many sort of recession-type signs, but everyone's like still acting like the economy's doing great and everything's doing great. But, you know, I, I get the impression that's not really the case, you know. No, and I think some of the, um, you know, sort of big boys out there like uh, Chili Sauce and Go To Events, they, you know, they seem to be sort of ticking over, but I'm not too sure as to what sort of caliber events that they're actually sort of still providing. So, you know, they seem to be sort of keeping busy and things, but we've certainly noticed this year has is, is been harder for us than it has been the two previous years. Right. So, so let's get into how did you start your events company? Like what was the origin sort of story of, of this? So Magnificence was born because Lisa and I um, actually facilitate our own workshops, which is perfume making or fragrance making and sweet tree and chocolate making. So we figured we, we already had the smell and the taste actually sort of there. So um, I think it just came up with regards to Magnificence and we actually now supply our own events based on the five senses. Um, I would like to say that Lisa and I do them all, but we um, obviously don't. But we actually work with other favoured suppliers that we know that are going to be, you know, good with regards to our clients and, and put our clients in, in safe hands and that we're, you know, knowledgeable in, in the fact that um, if we're not there to event manage, that our clients are going to be well looked after. So, so, so what's the story behind the start of the, of the business, sir? The other company that Lisa and I both worked for, it was just with regards to they, they downsized and we just sort of went for interviews and things like that and we just didn't want to work for anybody else we didn't want to have the wretched kpis and and you know sort of having somebody watch over us so lisa and i decided to take the sort of bold decision knowing that we worked well together even though we are sisters to create magnificence and to yeah come up with a format with regards to actually facilitating our own workshops but actually becoming sort of a, an event PA if you like with regards to clients so that they can come to us for a, a think tank bespoke service and um, yes we'll, we'll put them in the right place with the so, right events. So how did, how did you get your first client and go back to this sort of story how did you let's talk you through how you actually got your first customer for this because it's always hard to get going in the beginning and get the first customer. Well, it is, it is hard to get um, your first customer, to be honest with you. And we were aware as well that we didn't want to actually um, take any of our previous, um, you know, sort of accounts from, from our previous employer because that, you know, that didn't seem right either. Um, so it, it was just a, a question of actually our, our first sort of client actually just sort of, it was word of mouth. And it, it was only a, a small sort of event um, with regards to, our, our perfume making and, and somebody needed something for a, a hen party so we started like that and then um, as I say things have, have progressed and then over onto the corporate side of things we were actually found via via search engine for, for chocolate making so that was again a, a, a smaller team where they were actually sort of crossing over companies and they wanted to obviously have some kind of team bonding experience between the two sides so that they were all sort of singing off the same hymn sheet 
so yes so we were very fortunate in that but since then we've now um changed our, our website and um yes our seo doesn't seem to be uh happening as as, as much as it should be so uh, that's a little bit frustrating yeah i mean seo is a constant thing you just got to be putting time into it all the time you know it's always an issue for us but yeah, i mean well, it's just something you've got to work on every month you know it, it's not it takes a while and and, and you've got to stay on top of as well getting lots of inbound links and things like that it's, it's just yeah, yeah it's just hard work seo you know is, is pretty much old hat now it's, it's more with regards to sort of going to you know social media and things like that but again it's it's very difficult when you're not a recognized brand and even though you've you know done you know sort of work with regards to numbers from sort of 15 up to 350 um once you've got a name that that's not recognized it's like well they, they don't trust you with it anymore so it's it's very difficult um and it's all about establishing relationships again so how did you get started running corporate events it was just well it was just with regards to the um previous company basically they they were sort of mostly corporate events they started that that up no i'm just just curious about how you got your customers like obviously how you got the customers how you how you did the first one it's always good to get into the people here the podcast what they love is a detail like how did you actually go about you know getting the customers how did you run the first event i'm really curious to hear about that um but the guys to getting the well as i say with the, the sort of first corporate um event that we we did we were actually sort of found um and they'd actually found a, a venue already um which isn't something that we normally you know sort of like to do we like to put the whole package together but they had found a, a, a venue so we we took our sweet tree chocolate making along yeah and that and that just sort of started the the, the sort of ball roll, rolling again and, and it comes back to that sort of word of mouth because somebody has used you and and knows that you have a reputable company then um yes it, it's with regards to going forward with that really so, so uh, when you say word of mouth you mean you're getting a customer and they're referring you to another customer and that's how you're getting more yes. and more customers yeah and are you doing anything to prompt them are you sending an email saying hey you know did you enjoy this service would you like us to recommend or, or are you just letting it happen organically oh no no i think you, you need to um once once you've got your your client you need to keep hold of them and and you need to sort of it, it's maintaining and establishing that relationship so it, it, it's, you know, sort of obviously, I, I think I heard on a previous podcast, um, I forget his his name now, but he was, you know, sort of saying with regards to sort of going back to them and, you know, if you'd had a, a, an event with them to then go back and sort of say, oh, you had such and such an event with us last year, are you looking to sort of do again anything? Oh, no, 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 for sure. I, I was meaning more about how you're getting referrals for new clients from your, from your, existing, from your existing clients. Oh, right. Okay. So... So with regards to how we're actually sort of progressing to actually find them. Just to step in here quickly to mention our sponsor, EventsFrame, a project I'm co-founder of, and I want to mention our integrations, which we believe are the best available. Firstly, payment integrations. You can connect any payment gateway, such as Stripe, PayPal, and Braintree, or even bank account or take cash. You can connect everything to EventsFrame. We also have the best marketing integrations out there with every email marketing system, including MailChimp, Zapier, Infusionsoft, Aweber, Drip. And we've got deep integrations with all the social media platforms like Facebook, Google, and Twitter. We've got thousands of events live on EventsFrame right now, ranging from small community meetups to huge trade shows and conferences. Check it out over at eventsframe.com. That's E-V-E-N-T-S-F-R-A-M-E.com. Now, Back to the interview. 
No, like uh, you mentioned, you were getting word of mouth like recommendations from existing clients. But I was saying, were you, are you are you kind of proactive at asking them to give you recommendations? Do you have any kind of email template, or is it just happening without you asking? Well, I mean, we we obviously sort of do take um, the girls to testimonials, which sometimes that they you know, and that's something that we need to update on our website because at the moment that it's just. Uh, sort of purely on the private side but it, yeah it, the girls are sort of testimonials and then what we usually do is, is put it on social media um to sort of say you know we've heard this from a client but the thing is is that and I'm, I'm sure um the other gentleman said as, as well with the guards are sort of divulging as to who your clients are it, it yeah it's very secret squirrel and it's not necessarily wanting to um sort of say who you're working for right okay yeah, so, so, so what other types of events are you running now? So we um, do other things such as uh, drum jamming. Um, we're actually thinking about um, doing fragrance with um, a sort of a, a, a fine dining um, experience. So, yeah, it, it's really with regards to sort of what the, the client's looking for. And it depends on sort of numbers as, as well. Um, we also use fragrance making in... Um, sort of networking scenarios where you need um, exhibitors to come over and you need to scan their details. We actually pull our inners um, at those kind of events. Okay, cool. And, and what do you see as a future? Like where do you see as your business growing in the, in the next months and years? Just started a, a sister company called Scented Weddings. Um, so that's actually taking the fragrance um, step one more level. Um, so that's actually incorporating fragrance into your wedding day. Um, so you've got scented layering. Um, but with regards to Magnificence, we're, we're hoping that um, we can obviously sort of work further with regards to the corporate um, market, blue chip market. And actually, um, yes, get, we, we never want to be um, too big. We're, we're quite happy as, as a sort of a, a small team. Um, and we always want to be sort of involved with regards to that. Um, that's something that we, you know, the girls have sort of taken on extra staff and things like that, that we would always want to be sort of hands-on still because that's important to Lisa and myself. So, so is it just the two of you? You, you run the company with just... To... Yes, and then we've, we've got freelancers um, that come in. Um, right. And what are the freelancers like? What type of roles do you get in as, as freelancers for the events? So um, that, again, is, is for our actual activities. So that would be for the, for the chocolate making. Sure. Um, yeah, but we would be looking um, eventually um, with regards to sort of the social media side of things. Um, we would look to be progressing to give things out with regards to not doing it all because you, you, you can't do it all, to be honest with you. Um, and that, that's where it, it gets more difficult and it gets to the, to the point where you need to actually hand it over to other people that, that you know, can do the job better than you. Definitely. Okay, um, Gaila, that was a super interesting chat. What, um, where can people find you online if they want to get in touch and have a look at what you're doing? All the social media sites under Magnificence 5 and our website is www.magnificence.co.uk. Great. Gail, thank you very much. It was great to talk. Thanks, Dan. Do you want to sell more tickets to your amazing events? EventsFrame Event Ticketing has been built to minimize the amount of time it takes to buy a ticket. Result? You sell more tickets. Check out eventsframe.com 